You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Matthew Stutzman was born without arms and uses his legs and feet for most of his activities, including archery. Matt is a three-time Paralympian, winning a silver medal in 2012. He holds a world record for the longest accurate shot in the sport and won the gold medal in his event at the 2022 World Para Archery Championship in Dubai. Let's chat with you. So Matt, I thought I'd start with just, uh, for those that may not know who you are, just to kind of have you give a brief introduction of yourself. Yeah, uh, my name is Matt Stussman. I live in Fairfield, Iowa. I was born without any arms, and I shoot uh, professional archery. And how did you get into shooting archery? How did you get into that sport to begin with? It was about 2010. Uh, I couldn't find a job. Uh, I remember sitting on the couch thinking, you know, how am I going to feed my kids? We need food. And I, <laughs> ironically enough... I see a guy on TV and he's walking through the woods and stuff and he and he's hunting. And I was like, oh, I think I think I can do that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why my brain was just like, let's try it. But I decided to give it a whirl. And so I, I purchased a bow to go literally go in the woods and provide. Um, I remember Googling how to teach an armless man how to shoot a bow. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not a popular Google search. No, no. And I, cause I, I wanted to do it. Right. <laughs> um, there was nothing. So I ended up having to just teach myself how to do it. And in a short amount of time, I was actually, uh, you know, I actually went out in the woods and I was successful at it. And, that moment in time kind of changed everything about Matt Stutzman because it gave me a purpose. You know, it, I felt I felt awesome as a man that was able to put food on the table, you know, for for his kids and the rest of it just went to the sky. And so how old were you then when you started that sport? Oh, shoot. Uh, 2010. So what is it now? I don't, is that 13, 13 about 13 years, years yet <laughs> yeah yeah so so uh so until until then you hadn't done that you hadn't picked up a bow you hadn't you were, hadn't shot a bow or anything like that when i i remember when i was younger probably 12 13 somewhere my brother had uh one of those red fiberglass bows or whatever like that that um you know, like Robin Hood style or whatever you know and i remember sitting in a chair and like attempting to shoot it you know but it but it wasn't like it wasn't like what it is now right like there's no way i was going to be competitive with it there would be you know there i couldn't even aim you know i just was kind of like <laughs> flinging <laughs> <laughs> and so what, what was it when you saw that tv piece that that um you know really excited you about trying to do it and trying to master it you ready? I was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what your body will do when you're hungry, right? Uh -huh. And I think I think a lot of it too is you know growing up. Growing up, we hunted. You know, um, not 
cat or squirrel hunting or something like that, you know? So it just, something went click in my brain and said, Matt, you have to try this. You really don't have any other options. You can't, I remember applying for a job day before at a job that I qualified for. And they said to me, if I had prosthetic arms, they would hire me. And I remember thinking like, I, I had prosthetic arms when I was little, you know, Mm -hmm. seven, maybe, you know, Uh, I wore them like once or twice, Uh, you know, like in this job, I knew I could get because I something I could do. And then here they are telling me that. So in my brain, when I saw this guy on TV, it not only was it to provide, but it was kind of like, you know what? And no one thinks I can do anything right. (laughs) You know, now, now's my chance. Now's my chance to show the world that I can do something. So it's not only a part of a personal challenge for you to challenge yourself, but to also uh, prove others wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. And so uh, obviously, since there wasn't a lot on Google, a lot wasn't a lot on the Internet at that time. How did you teach yourself? You know, this is this is what's cool. And I don't know if it's because I was bo- uh, raised kind of to think like this, but um, I I Googled like the best archer in the world. And for some reason there was a, um, the archer that popped up, his name was Darren Christianberry. Hmm. And I pretended I was him. So if he held the bow in his right arm, I held the bow in my right foot and, and he pulled the bow back with his left arm. You know, I, I pulled the bow back with my right shoulder, but in my brain, I thought I had arms. I, I was able to trick my body into just trying it to pretend like as if I was shooting able-bodied. And for some reason, I remember the first time I pulled the bow back and I let go and I could see down the sight and I hit the balloon and I was like, oh, I just did it, you know? And I, I was like, I don't know. It, the guy... uh Darren Christianberry, I've actually met before, and and I've told him this story, but it's literally because of him and how he shoots, mm-hmm. and me being able to pretend, like literally you pretend. You know, everybody at one point in time, I think, has imagined themselves, not necessarily being someone else, but like, I want to be Michael Jordan, right? Or I want to be LeBron James, or, and that for me was enough to convince myself for my body to try it, and then it worked. And and so you know, as you had had that moment of you know I, I did it, <laughs> um, how did you you know so obviously you at that point was it immediate that you realized oh sure I can do this now and and uh, now I just need to fine tune it a bit or whatever. Yeah, you know, ironically enough, um, after after our hunting season was over. I had no intentions of shooting anymore at the, you know, like I wasn't going to turn, you know, I didn't even know about tournaments. Like that's how kind of, um, ironically enough, I grew up Mennonite and I don't know if you're familiar with them, but we, we never had TV or anything like that when we were growing up. So honestly, I didn't even really know what the Paralympics were mm-hmm. uh, even, even, you know, 13 years ago. And so I put the bow up and then I had a guy tell me you're, you're good at you're good at shooting and i didn't you know i i didn't i didn't know what was good or what was bad mm-hmm. and he said you should go to archery tournaments and so i saw the purse 
prize was thousands of dollars and I needed money. <laughs> so, so of course I was like, you know, I'm going to try it. Right. Like, uh, I did not win, <laughs> but what, what became of that was a company that wanted to sponsor me. And after I got their equipment, my best friend said to me, Matt, the reason why they sponsor you is because you have no arms and you bring attention to their product. It's not because you're good. Mm. And I, that was the reality, right? The, let's be honest here. You know, I'd only been shooting. And when that happened, that tournament happened, that would have been in 2011, right? So I had only been shooting for a couple months. And I, with my motivation and drive at that moment, I was like, I want to be known as the best archer in the world. You know what? Uh, and followed by, oh, by the way, did you know he also has no arms? And that was the day, um, eight hours a day, sitting in a chair, training, practicing, learning, trying to soak up as much information as possible to figure it out. So uh, I could go to the Paralympic Games and win medals. Wow. And, and and so it was out of that kind of realization that, you know, maybe I wasn't being sponsored for the right reason that that uh, you really decided to commit to it, huh? Yeah, I I didn't. I mean, I like free stuff because people, everyone oh, likes free stuff, right? Who does it, right? <laughs> However, I just something stuck with me. I didn't want to be the. I didn't want to be the 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 kid who just got stuff because he was no arms. And at that time, I was the only armless archer. You know, so the driving me said, "Let's be the best. We're going to do this. We need to be the best at it." And so I want to talk a little bit about the sport um, since we're featuring it in the magazine. Um, do you shoot curve or, re, you know, or, or, or recurve or compound or both? Or, and, and can you tell me what your thoughts are on both of, both of those types? Yes, yeah, so, uh, I shoot compound. Um, and the reason why I shoot compound, like maybe over a recurve, is recurve limbs are usually really long. And I have to sit in a chair specifically, um, and I'm not that high off the ground. And so mm -hmm. if I shoot a recurve, the recurve um, would hit the ground every time I shot. So mm -hmm. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't work for me. So that's why um, compound is the direction I chose to go. The compound bows, um, you know, have pulleys and cams on it. And like my bow specifically, I draw 60 pounds. And at full draw, I'm holding 29 pounds. Just that's how I have it set up. Mm -hmm. um, a, re a recurve, the more you draw it, the more poundage it holds. So if you start out at 30, by the time you get back to your draw length, it might be 35 or, and, and then you got to hold it. Plus recurves don't have peeps and you're not allowed to use release aids, which means I would have to bite it with my teeth. Mm. And I like my, I like my teeth. So, <laughs> <laughs> however, that being said, uh, one of my best friends, Eric Bennett shoots a recurve with his mouth. And he he's done really well with it. It's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, you don't want uh, you don't want to lose teeth in the process, huh? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and and so uh, for those of that have, that have seen you, I mean, you I mean, you obviously maneuver your feet as much as anyone would maneuver their arms and hands, and and so um, that's really the the uh, 
purpose of of adaptive, right? I mean, you're just adapting uh, to what you have and what you know and what you can do. And uh, and so, how did you train uh, to shoot that way? <sighs> lots and lots and lots of practice. Um, trial and error, right? Yeah, trial and error. You know, just just figuring things out. Um, you know, it's interesting because. Um, when I'm not shooting, I do, uh, like presentations and stuff, uh, motivational speeches and stuff. And it's ironic, but the only thing in my life that's modified is my release to shoot the bow. Nothing in, nothing else in my life is modified whatsoever. So that kind of tells you where my mindset was with that bow. Like, you know, I need to modify something to make myself shoot better. So my release is the only thing that's modified is a special release that we designed and had made. And it goes over my right shoulder and attaches to the string. And then I activate it with my chin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that, you know, that took, you know, five, six years of trying different things and different releases. And I'm in the garage, you know, till two o'clock drilling and, you know, so <laughs> someone sent me a $400 release and I hacked it all up with a hacksaw. and they're like what are you doing i was like i'm modifying it to try to figure out if this is the best next best thing for me to use the shoot you know um anyway over the course of the years just like you said earlier you know through trial and error and practice we were able to get to the point where i'm at now And, and that's and that's what i hope those that are listening you know realize that they can do the same right i mean that's what this uh sport and this movement is all about is adaptation and just uh, honing in on what works for you. And, and, and I think that you're, you're the, the epitome of that. So, um, now you, you know, obviously you started out kind of just focusing on the hunting side. Um, like let's talk a little bit about the competition circuit. Like how many, like for someone that might, might not be just aware of, of how frequently or how often this occurs, talk a little bit about just how many times a year you're out, you know, competing, you know, trying to earn some prize money, uh, obviously competing uh, only every four years at, at the Paralympic level. But uh, let's just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, there's usually about uh, what, five uh, what's called USAT tournaments a year, which is those are events you have to go to in the United States to actually qualify to be part of team usa now not not the paralympics or anything like that that's Mm -hmm. just to be named and what that does is it gives you if you you know place in the top three or four the following year you get to travel with team usa out of the country to international events Mm. so since 2000 ironically enough since 2011 um, you know, I was averaging probably, sorry, 2012, I was averaging three to f- three to four international tournaments a year. On top of that, I was doing, um, you know, the five and six tournaments in the United States. That was just, uh, outdoor stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Then in October, November, it turns into indoor stuff. Archery doesn't have an off season. You could literally be shooting a major tournament almost every month if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it doesn't slow down. It just goes, goes, goes. And in each trip, you might as well forget. You might as well just assume on the on the low side five days per event, mm. and then on the big side two weeks. 
so you can you can literally just uh, one travel uh, <laughs> consistently, yeah. but uh, stay busy if it's you know because yeah. like said, there is an indoor as well as outdoor component. Yeah, you um, if you want, depending on the level you want to get to, right? If you want to be the best and you make all the USAT teams and and you really want to push yourself, um, I mean, you are gone uh, quite a bit. You're gone a lot. And so from the initial realization that you know, hey, I can I can put food on the table, I can do these do these type of things. Are you now you know making a living doing this? Obviously with some prize money, probably you know obviously with sponsorships and and things like that. Is it is it something that someone can make a living doing? You know, um, it's it's crazy because um, I feel very I feel very blessed and i'm talking about me specifically mm-hmm. um but yes i have been able to make a living doing this since 2012 actually the i started making money and i've been making money on it ever since and so yes you can make money at it um on top of the money there's a lot of other things that that, that are benefits you meet a lot of people that are amazing you know um did you i don't know if you happen to watch uh, the world championships in dubai uh when i was in dubai just last year i don't know if you saw the video of that at all i saw um, a little bit of video between you and i saw a little bit of video of you and a little bit of a video of leah as well yeah did so the guy that i shot against uh was missing both of his arms and a leg mm-hmm you know, and that was history. That's the first time in history two armless archers shot and for a medal, you know. And so you get to meet all these people and you get to see them all the time and you start to become very good friends with our everyone because it, uh, I'm going to tell you something that's very interesting and awesome about the Paralympics. And it's not just about the money, right? It's the camaraderie. Every one of us that are shooting on that field has overcome something to get there. Mm-hmm. we have that bond. We all can look at each other. Yes, we're competitors. So for today, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> That's right. But we're, but we're still all very understanding because we've all been through something to get there, you know, like an accident or whatever it was. Cause you know, mm-hmm. which, which is, which is amazing. And so being part of the team, you get to spend time with these people and they make your life better. It sounds it sounds funny, but they literally make your life better. And how has the sport changed since you got you know even just since you got in 12, 13 years ago? Well, <laughs> I remember uh, shooting a score of like six eighties, six six eighties or something like that, and that pretty much was no one. I mean, if you shot a six eighty in, in qualification, you're always going to qualify first. Um, and for, from 2012 to like 2016, I pretty much podiumed at every single tournament I ever went to. And then after 2016, I started seeing six eighties weren't as good anymore, you know, cause I was, I was consistently six nineties and low seven hundreds. Now at this last game, just to tell you where it's come this last game, you know, the top guys are shooting seven Oh fives. So the, the, the skill level there and the points has just jumped incredibly. We, uh, as Paralympians are shooting scores that are the same as able-bodied archers. And we're talking like the best able-bodied archers, um, in the world, which is phenomenal. I mean, if you think about it, that's, that's how it's supposed to be, right? Like Mm -hmm. you, you want that level of competition to be that high. 
Yeah, and that parity between you know able-bodied and adaptive athletes too, right? So it's yeah, yeah. And I guess there's another thing I want to add that uh, one of the reasons why I guess I love this sport so much is that it doesn't care. The bow doesn't care who shoots it. It doesn't matter if you have a physical disability or not. It doesn't care. It just wants to be shot, right? It's one. It's one of there's several sports, but they're really rare. But it's one of the only sports that me as a uh, as an archer with no arms can step up to the line and shoot and beat the guy who won Vegas, right? Or the guy who's the the current reigning number one archer in the world, and he has arms. You know that's that's pretty rare in other sports, you know, cause uh, for example, swimming, you know, it, it's literally down to who can swim the fastest and, and, you know, basketball, it's how tall you are. And, you know, there's always these certain things they look for. Like they're never going to, they're never going to want me to swim or race cause I ain't going to do very good. Right. And even if I train forever, I'm still going to be so fast, but in archery, that limit is endless, right? Like, like you could take somebody like Leah you know, and all the stuff that she's struggling with, and she's now a world champion too. But like, even look at her scores; like they're getting up there. Like, I don't really see any other sport doing it like to that level. Yeah, and I know you you mentioned six eighties and and six nineties. That's for those that are listening that don't know, it's out of seven twenty, right? So that seven twenty is is like uh, like the perfect three hundred in bowling or or whatever. But you know, that's that's tens all the time hitting the hitting the uh, you know hitting. Um, the target and the bullseye 100 percent of the time so even 705 is is remarkable <laughs> yeah yeah the uh the distance that we're shooting too is uh 50 meters so about 50 was that 55 ish yards maybe hmm. and don't ask so me I, to don't ask me to do that uh <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it this way you're you're shooting at a target a half a football field away yeah and i would like to say the bullseye and I could be off a couple centimeters or whatever, but it's roughly the size of like a CD you would put in like a CD player. Mm. So you got, that's really small from really far away. It is. Yeah. And, um, and so how do you focus on trying to get better? Like, obviously if you are already kind of, you're already an elite athlete, you're already, you've already won lots of uh, tournaments and, and uh, you know, medals and things like that. How do you continue to figure out how to get better? Um, So, I push my, <laughs> I push my body and myself so hard for the first, you know, 10 years, 12 years that I have learned that um, it's actually good to take a break physically, right? So instead of shooting eight hours a day, I'll shoot maybe three hours twice, maybe three times a week. And then I, but what I will do now is I will fill in the other times with mental training. So I am now focusing more on mental training than ever. And I came to this conclusion because I, I remember practicing every day for like a month straight for an event recently. And I showed up, it didn't go as planned. I didn't understand what was like, there were just a lot of things like I felt like I was making perfect shots just like at home and things weren't going right. And and I, I couldn't figure it out. And <laughs> I put my bow up and I didn't touch it until 
like a week before world championships. So there was about three or four months in there. I didn't shoot my bow Mm. and all they did was mental stuff. And I just let my body heal and relax and just kind of, you know, cause that's a lot of stress and stuff on your body, the way I shoot specifically. And then I went into world championships after not shooting my bow for several months and I won it. And I, my mind was clear. I think that was the main thing is my brain was so felt like, it was like fresh, crisp air and blue skies and everything. You know, yes, I had an equipment malfunction and qualification, but it didn't even rattle me because I still knew I was going to win for some reason. Like everything just clicked. And I realized that I needed that clarity sometimes mentally to, you know, to just take take a break from it and then come back, you know, ramp it back in and come back. And I, I believe it helps. You know, it, it helps me for sure. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I was at, at, actually one of my questions for you was, I know that archery is as much as a physical sport as it is a mental sport. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the, the mental side of it. But you mentioned mental training. So that that uh, I'm trying to figure out what, what that might mean. So what, what does mental training for you mean? You know, it can be as simple as, I mean, and you can do this while you're driving down the road. You can literally do it all the time, right? <clears throat> I have a, a process in my brain that I tell myself, like, um, so if I'm standing there getting ready to shoot, the bow is leaning against my left leg. So I'm going to grab the arrow with my right foot. I'm going to load it into the bow. Now I'm going to grab the bow with my right foot and crisscross my legs, gentleman style, bring the bow up to my chest. I will then hook on my release. Now I sit up. Now I take a breath and extend my foot away from my chest. Then I bring my face down to my release. I aim at the target. Once I'm in the middle, I slowly exhale, execute, shot goes off, bullseye, bam, do it again. And I'll, I'll just do that in my brain. Those are all the, those are steps that I do while I'm shooting anyway. Right. And I'll just, in my brain, I know what a perfect shot feels like. So if I do that sequence in my brain, even if you take a month off, if you're still in your main, in your brain telling yourself that, like, it's still going to be there, right? A lot of, then I, <clears throat> when I'm not doing that, positive thinking and quick, uh, short memory is what I like to do. Um, I like to train on, um, as an archer, once you shoot a shot, you can't take it back. And a lot of guys get frustrated about their last shot and it carries on over to the next three shots or four mm-hmm. shots. Mm-hmm. You have to be a quick forgetter. You have, as soon as you, sh- as soon as you shoot that bow, there's nothing you can do to change the outcome of that arrow. And if you're in, if, if you, it's okay to get a little frustrated, but instead of getting frustrated that the arrow didn't go where it's at, just quick, make a mental note on what you think went wrong. Mm-hmm. Did I pull, did I jerk a little bit? Did I just make a quick mental note and then look at a sign and read the sign that says, you know, Gatorade, the best in the world or whatever you want to say, that little blip of you thinking something else that has nothing to do with archery that took a second to do reset your brain. Yeah. And then, then you know, you just forget about it. There's nothing you can do about it. Forget about it. Reset your brain, make your next shot. So like, those are the th- those are the things I work on mentally. Forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. Yeah, yeah. Even that right there. I, <laughs> here, here's a. I'm going to tell you this. This is funny. I 
uh, at World Championships, I I was doing really pretty good in qualification. And my my release broke, and when I finally got it fixed, I had eight zeros because uh, I didn't shoot eight arrows during score. Hmm. And, I, and I get back up to the line, and as I'm there, uh, some guys like um, I shoot my first arrow, and it was like a nine. And the guy beside me was like, uh, uh, he looked at me, and I looked at him, and I'm and we're in middle of scoring. And I go, knock, knock. And he goes, who's there? I said, not me, because I don't have any arms. Right? <laughs> and we both start laughing. And then my next my next arrow, like almost the next like 12 arrows were tens. Boom, 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 boom. Uh-huh. And that's what it took for me mentally to be like, okay, the release is fixed. Don't be scared of it anymore. This guy had already shot some arrows, so he was just kind of waiting for me to shoot, you know. And sometimes laughter is good and that's all it took for me. And then I ended up coming back. That's, I love that story. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> you need something to just, you know, refocus. Yep. Yeah. Something just kind of like when you go on a first date, you need to break the ice. You just, yeah. sometimes you need to just break the ice. And, and this work is, this works so good. I was, um, Bangkok, Thailand, and I was shooting in an indoor world cup or whatever. And, uh, we were halfway through the round and I was shooting really good. I think I only missed like two X's at the time. And my, my best archery friend, um, Steve was at the other end in recurve division. And you could just feel everything in the room, just like so tense. And all of a sudden I hear him go, he makes his noise where he's like, rrr, rrr, like a dog or something like that. Like it echoes all the way down. So I'm like, and I do it back to him. And then he does it. And you can just feel everybody starts laughing. The whole archery room just starts laughing. And you can feel the tension just go, ah. And then I cleaned it after that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mental. It's crazy how it's so mental, but it's amazing at the same time. Indeed. And and Matt, you mentioned uh, when you were visualizing and both the visualization process of shooting, um, you mentioned breath and breathing and exhaling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, I know that's an important part of like when you do it, how you do it. Uh, so talk a little bit about breathing in terms of, you know, before or in the process of shooting. Yeah. I think the best way that I can describe it is that you, uh, for me specifically, you don't want to take big, huge, deep breaths. But as I'm as I'm basically drawing the bow back, <clears throat> I use breathing as kind of a way to get over what we call target panic. Mm-hmm. And for what people don't understand what that is, is when your pin sits in the middle of a target and your brain's like, shoot, uh, <laughs> and it is like, ah, freaks out. Like, oh, you're in the middle, shoot. Uh, and you don't want that. You want it to kind of sit there and relax and float around, and then you execute a shot that's more controlled and relaxed, right? So when I go to full draw and I get into my release, I take, um, once the pin is actually in the middle, I won't take a huge breath, but I'll take kind of like a half breath in. And then I just slowly exhale it. And at one point, I even almost like closer to the bottom of the exhale, I actually will just like hold it Hmm. for a little bit, just for a little bit. Um, they did some tests on me uh, and they found out that 97% of my shots during the test period that we did, um, when I did it that way, I shot between heart heartbeats. 
Hmm. which, which, which is pretty amazing because that's when you're going to be your most calmest, you know, like your heart's mm-hmm. not pumping. That means your heart is completely kind of stopped for like that millisecond and nothing in your body's moving and you're just stable. And then you just, the bow goes. Hmm. Yeah. And wow. exhaling, ex- ex- exhaling. Um, and what I say, I use that as a kind of like a, a tool for not getting target panic because my brain knows that I'm in my breathing stage, but my eye still sees the middle of the bullseye. So it's not freaking out at this point because it still has to go through a process. So it's still like, oh, yeah, Matt, you still got to inhale a little bit. Okay, now we know you're going to exhale. And then it, closer to the bottom of the exhale, now wait, now you're going to hold your breath a little bit. Like, I don't know. It just relaxes me. And it's when you make your best shot. And the last question I have for you is just like, I know that you interact with a lot of different people. Like you said, you do a lot of speaking and things like that. But what advice? would you give to someone who hasn't thought about picking up a bow and has, hasn't thought about this sport at all? You you have to try it. You have to do it. Um, I, I, I guess my advice is that if you're, if you're a beginner, you can go to pretty much any archery store and, and grab a bow and give it a whirl. But it, if it's something that you remotely think you might in, be interested in, you're going to fall in love with it. And it's not just, Hey, I'm an archer. Like, I can tell you specifically for me, and I can tell you probably pretty specifically for the eight other armless archers there are now in this world, it gave them a purpose. Like, it's not just about flinging arrows. I'm not saying they're making money, but think about it. You're physically doing something that you didn't think you could do. That, even if you never take it professional, or if you never take it anywhere, that little boost of confidence helps you in every other aspect of the world of what you're doing. Even if you sh- you shot, I shot a balloon today at 20 yards. No one ever thought I could do that because I got well, cerebral palsy, or you know, I was in a car accident and lost my arms and leg, and and but I hit that balloon. Did you see that? Like that alone is worth gold, and is worth trying just because of that. It takes your mind to a better place. It's kind of like it's kind of like therapy a little bit. <laughs> it can help you in so many good ways. Like strongly suggest trying it. If you love it, take it to the next step after that, which is, you know, get yourself a coach or somebody who can really teach you how to do it. Um, and Google it if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> no promises on the Google, but feel free to reach out. 